Well, if you have a Bible this morning, find the book of 2 John. We'll be in 2 John. We're going to bounce around a little bit, so keep your Bibles open. Keep them close. Keep them ready to flip some pages because we're going to be bouncing around a little bit. But we are in part three of a series that we are calling Followers. And I've been so encouraged by the content of this letter, this very short letter with only 250 Greek words. It's packed full of so much relevant truth for us. The purpose of this series is pretty self-explanatory. The goal is to steer you and direct your gaze, to direct your focus to the person of Jesus Christ, who we are all called as followers to be following. And so Jesus is the focus, Jesus is the purpose of this series, and I hope that his message has been loud and clear in your ears and to your eyes as we've been studying this together. And so we are in part three, so we've covered some, some pretty big things so far in this series. And so if you're there in 2 John, we're going to begin reading in verse 1. If you don't have a Bible, it'll be on the screen for you. And so the writer begins and he says, The elder to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in truth. And not only I, but also all who know the truth. Because of the truth that abides in us and will be with us forever, these things are given to us. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son in truth and love. And so it starts right there in verse 1 by saying the elder to the elect lady and her children. We believe, I believe, I don't want to say we because you may disagree with me this morning, but I believe that the elder is the Apostle John. And so there is some disagreement there. Study that if you would like to. If not, just take my word for it. But it's John to the elect lady, which is the church, that's what I believe, and her children. That would be the body of Christ. So the church is the elect lady, and we are the children. And so we looked at this really important word here called truth in week one. It's the word aletheia. And really it means truth under any matter or reality. And so we looked at the fact that Jesus is truth, that his word is truth, his spirit is truth, which he has given to us. It resides inside of us when we call on him to save us. And then we saw that his truth is eternal. And so the challenge in week one and these first three verses were, were really simple. For you to know the truth, for us to know the truth, for to, to know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that no one can get to heaven but through him and him alone. And so that's where it all starts and that's where it all ends. It begins and it ends with Jesus. And then we challenged you, I challenged you to act on that truth. To not just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. And then we finished that week with enjoying the truth. That we can enjoy our relationship with Jesus. Jesus. Followers of Jesus love the truth. Verse 4 continues. It says, I rejoice greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth just as we were commanded by the Father. 
And now I ask you, dear lady, not as though I were writing you a new commandment, but the one we have had from the beginning, that we love one another, and this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. And this is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, so that you should walk in it. So we talked about the fact that we have to know what we believe. In order for you to walk in this truth, in order for you to walk in this aletheia, this truth under any matter or reality, we have to know what we believe. So do you know what you believe? Do you know what you believe about Jesus? Do you know what you believe about his gospel that he has given us, that, that if you know him, he has saved you by? Do you, do you know his word and what it says to us and how we are called to live our lives and how we're, we're called to, to do all the things that we do? Because what you believe affects your walk. And so John was super encouraged by those. He rejoiced because of those who he saw walking in the truth. And so what we believe affects how we walk. But we also see a challenge here in these two verses, these three verses, that followers of Jesus are known for love. And really what it all boils down to is obedience. That followers of Jesus walk in obedience. So as you take inventory of your own life this morning, as you look back at this week, at your walk with Jesus, would John be able to write the same thing about you? Would he rejoice greatly and finding and hearing and seeing and knowing that you are walking in the truth. Do you know and do you love the truth? And are you walking in that obedience? That's what followers do. If, you're, if you are saved this morning and you are pursuing Christ and you are walking in him, that's what it looks like. I hope you've been encouraged so far. I hope it's also been a little bit challenging. But I just want to encourage you this morning to keep following, to keep growing, and keep loving Jesus. Now, there are many reasons why we're talking about this. There's a reason why I decided, or the Spirit led me to 2 John, uh, this truth and obedience conversation. And it's simple. It's because truth steadies us. When we need to be stabilized, it's truth that brings that stability. I can remember going through a really difficult season in the last couple of years, and my wife would just read Psalms to me, and it steadied my heart. We'd be driving down the road, and she'd just be reading Psalms, and I'd be, read that one again. Please read that again, because it steadied me. His word brought stability to my heart and my mind. You see, truth steadies us, and it leads us when everything around us seems to be falling apart, when everything around us seems to be changing. It's truth that steadies us. And so here in just a moment, our focus verses are going to make it very clear that we live in a dark world that is full of lies and full of deception. But no one likes being deceived. No one in the room loves deception. No one likes to look around at a situation and realize that they've been taken for or even made a fool of. You see, 
Street smarts definitely help. Some of you are pretty fast on your feet. Some of you are not. But with technology being all that it is, scammers and liars are so good today. They can even trick up some of the most savviest technologically inclined people in the room this morning. I don't even know if that was grammar, but it sounded good to me, okay? Internet scams, tricking elderly people into sending them money from their savings accounts to Nigeria, by the way. Phone calls telling you that your auto warranty is about to expire and all they need is your debit card to change it. They didn't realize that I had a 2007 Suburban that has no warranty anyways. They got to be better about their research. It's always my favorite, though, when the IRS calls me and they let me know that I've had some kind of lawsuit filed. And, but then it magically turns into some kind of sales ad for a cruise. I love those. Those are my favorites. And the most dangerous scam of all, and I'm probably going to get some hate emails about this, is that beautiful thing called Kohl's Cash. <laughs> it's a lie. It is a lie from the pits of hell. <laughs> because here's how it usually works out. Brittany's like, hey, I got $20 in Kohl's Cash. We have $20 in a budget category. That means that we can spend $40 because she's got $20 free. So it never ends up actually saving you any kind of money. And it's just, it's just a scam. But then there are pickpockets, thieves, fake panhandlers, which just makes it even harder to know who we're supposed to actually help. We can be hacked, fished, given counterfeit money, or even convinced to participate in Publishers Clearinghouse for some of you who remember those days. But we can be deceived in other ways, too. Things much deeper than economics. You see, the bad guys can get to us through legalism, occultism, and even cults themselves. Knowing the truth, though, will protect you and I from the deceivers who can inflict major damage to us and our faith, and potentially even our souls. So today's focus verses is extremely important as we follow Jesus. So pay close attention to what John says to us. Let's continue reading here in verse 7. He says, For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. Such a one is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch yourselves so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may win a full reward. The first thing I want you to see this morning is deceivers are everywhere. Deceivers are everywhere. I don't know if you've missed that, but they are lurking in every corner, in every space, in every church, in every workplace. There are deceivers present. Satan and his his army of demons, they are very active, and they are absolutely at work in our world. And sadly, humans are the most effective tools that Satan has to work with. This is mentioned in 1 John chapter 2. It says, they went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us, but their going showed that none of them belonged to us. 
But what's interesting here in 2 John is the specific group that he's addressing. Look at verse 7 again. For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. Such a one is the deceiver and the antichrist. Now, I don't know if you caught that or not. I never did. My Bible commentary pointed this out. These are not the unbelieving people in the world outside of the church that John is addressing. He's addressing people who are among us. They are the ones that that used to be a part of the church. This word for deceiver or deceivers, it, it means misleading or leading into error or a corrupter. In this case, the deception that these people were Peddling was the denial of Christ's divinity. It says that many went out, and in the Greek, this could be translated simply as, they have left us. This group of people have left us. These people have gone out from being a part of them, and now they are in the world. There was a time, maybe, that they professed Christ. There was a time where Maybe they would have been in that category where John's rejoicing greatly to see them walking in the truth. There was a time that they were were following, it seemed. But this group was mingled in the crowd and also in the community with these people. And at the time, God was the only one who could truly see whether their hearts were genuine. The rest of the church didn't know until afterward. I love what Paul says in Acts chapter 20. He says, even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. Among them were a group of people drawing others away. Maybe you've seen that. Maybe you've experienced that. Maybe you've been a victim of someone who was trying to make a disciple of themselves. They had a mission of their own, that it wasn't Christ-centric, that it wasn't focused on the gospel, it wasn't focused on his mission in the world. Maybe you've read about that happening in in a book or in in an article online, or I, I don't know where you've seen it, but we certainly see it happening all around us. Maybe you've been led astray. 2 Peter chapter 2 says, But there were also false prophets among the people. Just as there will be false teachers among you, they will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. And many will follow their depraved conduct and will bring the way of truth to disrepute. We are at war with sin. I don't have to convince you of that. I know what war I'm waging with my own sin, my own heart this morning. But we are at war with sin and we are at war with darkness. It's all around us. And there is a group of people who will fall prey to the lies of this world. And maybe it'll be you. I hope it's not. But our sin nature, it causes us to want to believe lies and resist truth. And when we're not following the Spirit, as we talked about in week one, the Spirit is what leads us and teaches us and guides us and enables us to do the things that Christ wants us to do. When we're not walking with the Lord, 
in the comfort of the Spirit and in obedience, like we talked last week, we can be deceived. Don't let that be you. We cannot allow that to be us. The weak are usually led astray. This is why we talk about truth. This is why we talk about hearing truth, knowing truth, and doing truth. Because deceivers are everywhere. Next, we see that these deceivers oppose something very specific. They oppose Christ. It says, such a one is the deceiver and the antichrist. This word for antichrist, it simply means an adversary or an oppressor or an opposer of the Messiah. It is someone who opposes the personal work of Jesus Christ in the hearts and lives of men. Simply put, it just means to be against Christ or to have something else or to be for something else other than Christ. These people denied Jesus. They denied that he was divine, that he was God who came to be man, that he was God in the flesh. And that's according to his own words, by the way. Not man's words, not mine, because I'm trying to convince you of something. I'm truly just repeating what Jesus said about himself. He said that he came to save the world, but that he was God, become man. Now, you can see a version of this deconstruction of so many in our faith right now. You may even have some CDs from from some Christian artists who used to claim to be followers of Jesus, but they've deconstructed that there's something better, there's something new, that they, they like the idea of Jesus. They like the message that he came to share, especially the one about love. They don't like the hard things that he said. They like the idea of Jesus. They like that he was a good teacher, that he set a good example for us. But they don't consider him their master. They don't consider him their Lord, which he is, by the way. It says the deceivers have gone out among us. And sometimes those deceivers are hard to identify. That's why Satan uses it as such an effective strategy. Strategy gets a bad rap in the church world, but Satan uses strategy. He has plans. He has schemes. And when we're familiar with someone and when we feel comfortable with people, it's much harder to identify them sometimes as deceptive. Now hold your place in 2 John. Flip back to 1 John chapter 2 in your Bible real quick. We're going to read several larger sections of Scripture this morning, so I want you to see them, and I would encourage you to maybe go back and and read these verses again on your own. Maybe this week as, as you study this content, as you kind of refresh your mind. But 1 John chapter 2, begin reading in verse 18. He says, Children, in the last hour, and as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore we, we know that it is the last hour. 
They went out from us, but they were not from us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that they are not of us. But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you all have knowledge. I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist. He who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he made to us. Eternal life. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. But the anointing that you received from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. Now turn ahead to chapter 4 in 1 John. We're going to read the first six verses here in chapter 4. It's this, this repetition that we see so often in the Apostle John as he writes. We're about to get some really helpful instruction here. There are some things that you should probably underline as we, as we read these verses. But he says, beloved, do not believe every spirit. <laughs> underline that whole thing. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God, that every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of of error. Don't believe everything that you hear. Don't simply believe everything that you hear, or everything that you read, or everything that, that the, the, the latest and greatest in, in, you know, celebrity Christendom says. Test them. Be a Berean, as the Acts, the book of Acts tells us to do. Study no, be able to give an account, be approved as a worker because there are counterfeits out there and they are liars and these lies, they come from Satan and he would love to keep you tripped up. I've been there. I know what it's like. And I would say this, that before you listen to anything that a pastor 
or a teacher or a theologian or an author might try to tell you, you should know what they believe about Christ first. Because what they believe about Christ is the foundation for their message. And it's the foundation for your life and for our faith. Is he God who became man? You should find out what that person believes about that statement right there. If they can't articulate the divinity of Jesus, then they shouldn't be teaching you anything else. No what you believe. Deceivers are everywhere. Deceivers oppose Christ. Deception is thick, and followers of Jesus have to watch out for it. But what about us? What about you? How do we navigate this message of deception? How do we How do we navigate this language of the Antichrist and his message, the Antichrists and their message? Thankfully, we have a Bible full of information on how we are to navigate this situation. Thankfully, we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, but there's one simple challenge this morning that I want you to see, that we must watch out for deceivers. Be on guard. Watch out for deceivers. He says, for many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. Such a one is the deceiver and the Antichrist. I love what Jesus says about this. You could write this down. It's right there, Matthew chapter 7. Read this this week. Jesus says this, Watch out or beware of false prophets that they come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears good fruit, or, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. That every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Whether they've gone out from among us, which we've seen, which you've seen, which I've experienced in my 20 years of being a pastor. I've seen those go out from among us and share deceptive messages. Or maybe they're false prophets who are outside of the church. They're maybe working for this dark kingdom that we believe exists. No matter where they are, they are known by their fruit. And the truth is how you discern whether or not they're deceivers or not. We are told to be on guard. Jesus says this over and over again. It's not just in Matthew 7, but he talks to the disciples often about watching out and being on guard against the false prophets. It shows up in Acts chapter 20 in verses 29 through 31. It says, I know that after I leave, Paul is talking to the church He says, after I leave, savage wolves are going to come in among you and they will not spare the flock. We have to remember that there is a dark spiritual world that's out there. Satan and his demons, this dark world is trying to infiltrate the church to disrupt what we're trying to do. Reaching people who are far from God and making disciples. This is what Paul says. They are savage wolves. 
And they're going to come in and they're not going to spare the flock. But even from your own number, men will arise and destroy the, distort the truth. So be on your guard. In Romans 16, verse 17, Paul urges the brothers and sisters to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in their way that are contrary to the teaching that they have learned. He goes on to say, stay away from those types of people. Now that sounds harsh, but it's for our own good. And I think we're going to see this deception in the church continue to rise in the future. I believe we're going to see it continue to be something that we're going to have to be looking out for, but it's all for power. There are many disciples of evil men and evil women, so be on your guard against anything that contradicts what Christ teaches us. This means that you have to read and you have to study to know what he taught. So, you have to know what you believe. That connects to last week. And you have to recognize that false teachers exist, and we identify them by what they say and what they teach and what they build their message on. And then you have to know the truth and know what you believe to identify that. It's important. So we watch out for deceivers, and then the second thing is simply this. Watch your own life. So we watch out for deceivers, but we have to watch our own life. We have to watch our own hearts. He says in, in verse 8 here of 2 John, watch yourselves. This word watch in the original language, it means to, it means to see, to look at, gaze upon, discern, or perceive. That's what this word watch means. Proverbs 16 verse 17 says, The highway of the upright is to depart from evil. He who watches his way preserves his own life. So we can't become one of the deceivers. We shouldn't become one of the deceivers. We cannot be deceived. We have to be careful. Listen, we, we are not, though, immune to this deception. I have seen some of the most solid, Jesus-loving people be led astray by deception. It could happen to anyone. So we have to watch our own life. The, the famous proverb says to guard your heart. We have to guard it. We have to watch out for the enemy's attack and his deception. But I think it starts with Christ. And it ends with Christ. So are you observing him? Are you observing the example that Jesus Christ set for us? When he was trying to, when, when Satan was trying to deceive him, I think it's in Mark chapter 4. When Satan is trying to, to deceive Jesus and get him to be deceived or to be led astray, what did he counter those deceptions with? Truth. He quoted the scriptures back to Satan. The word of God was the thing that, that Jesus used. So when we encounter deception, when you encounter a message that is coming from the enemy, 
we respond to that with truth. I mentioned that a moment ago in my own life several years ago as I was encountering some dark times. My wife read truth to me. She could have offered me a lot of really awesome things, but it wasn't better than truth. So are we observing Christ, and are we following his example? I think that you'll be in the best place if you surrender to him, and you surrender to his word, and you surrender to his will in your life. So follow Jesus. Hebrews 12 reminds us that we are to keep our eyes focused, to set our gaze on Christ. So watch out for deceivers. Watch your life. And we see that followers of Jesus must watch out for deception. It's really that simple. It's really not more complicated than that. We just have to watch out for it. We have to be on guard against it. He truly is enough. Jesus truly is enough. We see it in 1 Corinthians 16 that we are to be on our guard. We are to stand firm in the faith, be courageous and strong. That we have everything we need to fight the deception, to stand against the deception. We have everything that we need to live the life that he has called each and every one of us to live. So we just need to simply keep growing, keep learning, and keep trusting the truth. It's a sure foundation. It's a solid place to be. But we can never say that we're waiting on something else before we can do what God asks us to do. I want you to turn quickly to 2 Peter chapter 1. I want you to see this as just a, an exclamation point on our time together this morning. Read it as an encouragement this morning. But in 2 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to start reading in verse 3. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3. Here's what Peter says. His divine power has given us everything we need. I like to underline stuff. That right there is important stuff to remember. That his divine power has given us everything we need for what? For a godly life. Through what? Our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind 
forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This connects with that last part of verse 8 in 2 John, where he says, Watch yourselves so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may win a full reward. What's that reward? That reward's not what a lot of the deceivers will try to sell you today. That reward's not a bank account that's bursting forth or perfect health. The reward is simply Jesus and what he came to give you. That's life. And life that is outside of this world. The reward is to hear that famous line that we could quote, that we quote all the time. Well done, my good and faithful servant. So don't let the deceivers destroy what has been built in you. Don't be the cause of destruction in someone else's life, in our church or in our community. Let us move forward together in the power of his goodness and his spirit and stay committed to his plan and his mission. There is no better option. Followers of Jesus must watch out for deception. It's everywhere. And we know it by fruit. I've got a couple questions that I want you to consider this, this week as you are maybe sitting around table today having lunch or as you think about this this week as you just reflect back on the truth. But here's three questions to consider. When was a time that you were deceived? Either financially, relationally, or spiritually. What types of deception do you see around you right now? And then lastly, how do you need to watch out for deception this week? Our small groups are going to discuss that throughout the week as well. If you're not a part of a small group, I would encourage you to consider being a part of one. They discuss questions like this. They talk about what's happening in their own life, how they've seen these things play out in their own hearts. I hope that you've heard what I have said this morning and what I haven't said. It really does boil down to one simple truth. And it's what will we do with Jesus? I don't communicate a more complicated message than that. I'm not really about big words. I'm just simply about Jesus. And so followers of Jesus have to love the truth, walk in obedience, and watch out for deception. What will you do? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Are you saved this morning? That's where it starts. Do you know that if you died right this very moment that you would spend eternity in a place called heaven? The only way to get there is through the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary for you.
and for me. If you have questions about that, we would love to answer those questions. You can find me, one of our pastors, somebody around the room can take you somewhere, point you to someone if they can't tell you themselves what it means to know, follow, love, and enjoy Jesus. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for the opportunity that we have had to spend some time with you this morning, just singing praises to your name, hearing your word read, looking at how it can challenge us and equip us to do the life that you that you've called us to live, that you want us to live. So God, I pray that we would be people who love your truth, who are walking in obedience, and watching out for those who are trying to deceive us. As you experienced yourself, deception is thick. Deception is everywhere. So God, through your spirit and through your word, give us the courage and the strength and the power to stand firm. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.